This is Steven Johnson with Thinbound Fit. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about the first phase of the inbound marketing methodology, the attraction phase. What is it that brings people to your website? What attracts them to your site? Well, today we're going to talk about keywords, we're going to talk about blogs, social media, and pages. We'll cover each of those in today's podcast. Welcome to the Inbound Fit Podcast. You're listening to episode four. You're listening to episode four. Four. Steven Johnson with Inbound Fit, and joining me again is Anthony Guerra, our Chief Marketing Officer. Welcome back, Anthony. It's good to be here again. Hey, well, I need to get you some special guests or something at some point, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? That'd be fun. <laughs> well, I thought what we do today is we talk about that first phase of the inbound marketing methodology, the attraction phase, and really get into what drives traffic to a website. How do you increase that traffic? How do we get visitors finding websites online? And that first, uh, the first part of that that we'll discuss today is keywords. So how do keywords come into play in terms of driving more traffic to, uh, to a website? Well, the, uh, you know, the foundation for any website is the keywords. And uh, you know, a lot of people you know, spend a lot of time making their sites look very pretty and things, but really the foundation for everything, especially when it comes to your consumer and in the eyes of Google is those keywords and, and uh, you know, that searchability of your website. So you're going to use keywords, specifically targeted keywords and preferably long tail keywords, uh, you know, which, which are words that are two, three or four words long, even though they're four words long, they're still considered one keyword. We're going to use those keywords and put them in specific parts of your website, such as blogs, your pages, and and get Google to, you know, first off to categorize them or rank them in their search engine and place you higher in their search engine. And also uh, make sure that those, t- those keywords are targeting specific searches that people are going to be doing in your specific area. Right. So you obviously want the keywords to be something that, I mean, for a gym, for instance, you want that to be something that a gym offers. Uh, so the gym, ha- you know, you want it to be um, a feature of the gym or something that the gym wants to be attracted for. So in other words, if they have a certain class, they might want to be seen for those kind of keywords when people are actually searching for that specific fitness class. That way they come up. Yeah, that's correct. So if you know if if someone's out there searching and they're looking to get in shape or they're looking for nutrition advice or or anything like that, they might search uh, Les Mills uh, group classes or something like that. And if your class, if your club offers Les Mills group classes, your pages, if they are optimized correctly with appropriate keywords, will contain Les Mills those specific keywords, and those people will find your club as opposed to someone else's club in the area. Right. Now, it's going to be more difficult to rank for certain keywords, I would imagine, though. I mean, a fitness club in, uh, in New York, in Manhattan, wants to be seen for a fitness club. So I would imagine there's going to be a lot of, 
uh, competition for that same keyword. But there are other keywords, obviously, like we just mentioned, that can be used in place of that to gather or, or to continue to climb in the ranks. And then eventually, maybe they can be found for that particular keyword. Does that make sense? Oh, no, it makes a lot of sense. Each keyword has its own competition. I mean, some are going to be a lot more, uh, it's, you're going to have to be a lot more aggressive in what you write on your website. And, you know, it might take a few articles, a few pages that are focused on one specific keyword in order to get you to that front page, because every other club in the area is vying for that specific keyword. What has to happen is you have to write content, you have to put content on your website that is suitable for the potential members that can come to your club and your current members, visitors to your website. But also Google needs to, based on their algorithm, they need to be able to determine that you're the authority in the market for that specific keyword. So the appropriate way to apply the keywords is to look for opportunities that are not necessarily the hardest keywords to get on the first page, like fitness club, of course. Everybody's competing for that word. So maybe you should go after less uh, you know, words that don't get as many, you know, searches, but are still mm -hmm. viable for your specific niche, for your specific market. You might get less traffic from some specific keywords, but the important, is, the important thing is that they come to your website. It doesn't matter what keyword it is, that they do get to your website. Right. And that's what's going to get you the visitors and you'll be able to convert those eventually to, uh, to leads. So, and you, you've touched on it, so let's get into it a little bit more in terms of keywords um, and talking about uh, another avenue to, to drive more traffic to uh, the website and, and attract more visitors is blogs. So now in, in um, previous podcasts, we have talked about blogs. Um, so we certainly welcome our listeners to go back and, and listen to some of the details that we mentioned in, in that particular podcast. But let's uh, talk a little bit, though, about keywords for blogs. Now, it's not really just about writing a nice article you know, a fitness article or a nutrition article, those keywords do have to come into play so that that blog ranks high and it gets visitors actually finding that blog, correct? That's correct, yeah. The, the, when you're writing a blog, you should first start – the first thing you should do is you should have some good – some great analyzation software. That's something that's going to analyze uh, keyword opportunities and make sure that, you know, there are tools out there that you can use that will look for opportunities for specific keywords that you can write specific articles for. And again, you don't want to go after opportunities that are that you have to be so aggressive with that it's going to take six months for you to get to the first page due to the competition in the area. You want to go after keywords that are uh, in blog articles that are maybe more rare, but they're more targeted. So back to my example, when I was talking about Les Mills group classes, there's not that many people in your area that are going to look up Les Mills group classes versus fitness club. Okay, so the, I mean, right. the pop popularity of that word is not going to be – you're not going to get thousands of searches for that for Les Mills group classes. But what you will get is those people that do search for Les Mills group classes – those people that search for that are looking for a specific need. They are looking to come to your club to take those classes. So you might only have 10 people that search that keyword per month. But out of those 10 people, eight people have a great potential to become a member of the club. As opposed to people that are looking up fitness club, they could be looking that up for, very, for a lot of different reasons. And you probably won't convert as much traffic. 
Right. So thinking a little bit outside of the box is what you're talking about. Really thinking about everything that you want to be seen for, but also thinking about some of the things that might be off the beaten path a little bit in terms of keywords and writing those in your in your blogs. Yeah, those off the beaten path keywords actually attract uh, you know more targeted people to your site, which gives you a better chance of making those conversions. So when you're writing blogs, you know back to the, the subject of blogs, you want to look for keyword opportunities that are great for you to try to take advantage of less competitive keywords that'll allow you to get to that first page much easier. And then what you want to do is you want to write blog articles that are centered, that contain that, that are centered around that specific keyword so that Google can rank you higher and make you an authority for that specific keyword. Got it. So just to kind of put this in a, in a nutshell for our, for our listeners, um, use some analytics to figure out which keywords are ranking really high in your particular area for your demographic in your geography, and then structure a blog article around those keywords that's informational, um, that's going to be very interesting to read, educational. It's actually giving people information that they're looking for, and then you post those to your site. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sheesh, you want to do this podcast? <laughs> the last but, I checked, I'm on it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're on it today, Stephen. What's that? You're on it today. But I mean, that's the that's what they need. That's what people need to do because a lot of times um, they're writing good information, but it's not optimized. So it's good for for people to read if they find it. But in order for it to actually be visible to the masses, it's got to be structured in a way that Google sees it so that now you're getting people finding it online. Right. And what we're talking about there is organic traffic, which is the number one way that you're going to attract people to your website. Those blogs are extremely important. Probably the most important part of anything you can do on a website. So if you don't have a blog, which if you're a fitness club and you're a smaller fitness club, one of the ways that you can really start to hone in on the territory of some of those bigger clubs in your area is to include a blog and start giving advice on nutrition and fitness topics through your blog that are targeted around specific keywords slowly, but surely, I mean, I say slowly, but surely within two or three months, you'll start making a lot of headway on taking over some of those keywords, uh, you know, versus some of those bigger clubs. Now this, we mentioned this in our previous, uh, our previous podcast about blogging, but I think it does bear repeating. How often should gym owners blog? If you can afford to if you can afford to put the time in or pay for the services to get get anywhere between 10 to 20 blogs going through your system per month you're going to come you're going to completely transform the amount of visits that come to your website per month your traffic is going to go much higher and keep in mind that blogs I mean, a lot of people spend a lot of time on their home pages of the website, you know, putting all these offers on there and, and calls to action, all these things in your homepage. Most people are going to enter your website through a blog. So they might be on social media and they might see a topic that you wrote about. And so they're going to click on your topic. They're going to come over and they're going to come to your website through a blog. So, um, you know, it is your main source for driving traffic to your website. So you really want to take a lot of time and as many blogs as you can put on your website, the better, you know, the better. If you can get it up to 20, you're really going to dominate. You'll get, uh, you know, the, the the figures are astronomical, 126% more leads than your, than your closest competitor if you can put 20 blogs on your website. But then you also, you know, on the minimum side, make sure that you at least do one blog per week. 
no right. less, no less than one blog per week. That's really too low, but if you can try to get two blogs per week, that would be a lot better. Right. It's something. Right. It's something. It's absolutely something. Let's move on to uh, to social media. Everybody's on social media. So how does this come into play? How does social media come into play in terms of, again, driving traffic and attracting people to your website? Social media is, is very important, but it's not – it's definitely not the most important aspect of inbound marketing. It's, it's, uh, it's a necessity. Um, I – you know, me, myself, as a CMO of, of, of Inbound Fit, I don't really uh, – social media is not my, really my cup of tea. But, you know, for a lot of people it is and a lot of people spend a lot of time on Facebook and Twitter and, and you know, Pinterest and, and Google Plus and a lot of different places out there. But there's a, there's a certain amount of, I guess, consistency that you need to post on your specific pages uh, for those specific formats. Now, when it comes to Facebook, which is probably the number one social media platform that's going to bring the most people to you, especially since your club is local, it's, you know, it might be nationwide, but you're promoting locally. Uh, Facebook is probably the most important, um, aspect of social media, but what you need to do is you need to divide what you say on social media, uh, Give it a 50%, 50-50% ratio. I mean I, I'll let you talk a little bit more about that, Stephen, but most businesses will do an 80-20 ratio. And um, go ahead and go into the specifics of that, and we can talk more about that in just a second. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty widely recognized and accepted that 80-20 is a good rule of thumb um, in terms of marketing and, and just in business in general when you're looking at you know the time that you spend – Acquiring more customers, servicing existing clients, the time you spend marketing, um, you know, the business. And 80-20 is a pretty good rule of thumb across the board, just across all different verticals. But what we find in terms of um, uh, the fitness industry is a 50-50 ratio seems to make more sense, just in terms of the way you're presenting yourself in social media outlets. So typically... Um, an 80-20 rule being 20% of the time you're talking about what you can do to, to help them, and then 80% of the time um, you're just giving you know information that's um, that's going to be beneficial and helpful. But a 50-50 ratio seems to work better because everybody is interested in their health and fitness. Yeah, whether, I mean, they, whether they show every, up at a club or not. <laughs> right. I mean, everybody wants to be. I mean, if they're conscious of their you know health and fitness they want to eat better they want to lose weight they want to exercise and they're always looking for you know tips and advice on how to do that so everybody is a potential client now in other businesses let's say for instance um in the home remodeling uh industry so kitchen and bath for example so the 80 20 rule would probably work better because not everybody is a good fit not everybody lives and, and owns their own home some people are in apartments. Some people are renting. So those folks are not going to ever remodel the kitchen because the kitchen doesn't belong to them. So you have a smaller niche of people who actually own homes, and then you have an even smaller niche of people who can afford to do that kind of work. And then you have a smaller group of people who are interested in doing it. But again, broadening it out in social media, talking about all the, benef the health benefits that the gym can provide – Everybody is interested in heart health, exercise, you know, losing weight, those kinds of things. So 50-50 seems to be a much better ratio um, with social media. Yeah. So, I mean, and when you're talking about the kitchen remodeling, so the 80-20 rule applied there would be the, the kitchen remodeling company or just remodeling company, contractors. Um, 
they would spend 80% of their posts, they would actually share 80% of their posts on different topics regarding remodeling. And they might those topics might come from other websites. It might they might promote some other advice that somebody else gave. So you spend eighty percent of the time just sharing information that some that maybe somebody else gave, not necessarily a promotion for your own company. Right. And, and then twenty percent of the time you would spend promoting your company, some kind of special or some kind of, you know, uh, you know, free quote or something like that that your company could give to the lo- to someone in the local area. So the eighty twenty rule again, just like you said, not everybody can remodel kitchens. It applies more appropriately there, and it applies eighty twenty applies probably, uh, you know, for ninety percent of niches, you know, or verticals out there. Um, that's that's just a good rule of thumb, and you'll see the eighty twenty rule expressed in all types of uh, expressions for business. You can look up the eighty twenty rule; and it doesn't necessarily just apply to social media; it applies to a lot of things. Right. But as right. you said, but as you said, for the fitness industry, fifty fifty is better. So what that means is you spend fifty percent of your time giving tips, and then and also promoting what maybe someone else, maybe what Muscle Fitness said on their website or what Bodybuilder dot com said, Bodybuilding dot com said. Um, and then you would spend the other 50% of the time talking about nothing but promotions that are happening inside the club because people That's are it. interested in those. So 50-50 works better. Some people would disagree with us on that, but we've been doing this a while. We, we know that that works. Yep. That's a formula that seems to be very, very successful, specifically in the, uh, in the fitness industry. So uh, let's kind of wrap up with uh, pages on the website, optimizing pages uh, on the website. And, and again, how does that really tie into increased traffic on the website? Okay, well, the more pages you have on your site, of course, you know the, the more information you have for people to read and the more it's going to drive more traffic. It's going to give you opportunities to rank for specific keywords, even on pages, just like blogs. The difference between blogs and pages is that you know pages are stagnant. That once you build them, that's it. You're pretty much done. You might go in and make a fix to them every now and then. So Google's not going to keep on, you know, promoting them like crazy. The pages are something that kind of organically over time get to the front of Google. But every page needs to be channeled around one specific keyword, just like your blogs are. So a good way that you can actually create more pages for your fitness center is, you know, every just about every club out there has classes, has group fitness classes and things like that that people can take or special events or things that are happening. If you just have your calendar on your website, you're just basically showing Google a calendar. You're not giving them any information to really categorize or rank on their search engine. But if you take each one of those classes and you dedicate one specific page on your website to that specific class, give a class description, give the instructor, give the instructor, give uh, details about the class, the benefits of the class, uh, who the class is for. If you can put all that information on one page, show some pictures of the class in, you know, while it's happening, um, you dedicate one page to that specific class. Google's going to ch- get a chance to spend the send the spiders over. You know, find out what that page is about, and then they're going to start ranking you for that specific class. So you'll automatically go up in your rankings. If you could do that for every page, for every class, make a page for it. Every staff member, make a page for them. Every special event that you're going to have, make a page for that. If you can do that for everything that's on your site and get really detailed, not that people are going to read it, but Google will, and then they're going to rank you higher. Got it. So you want to write your content for people to read, uh, and they've got to be comfortable reading it. 
you don't want to write it to rank, but if you use specific keywords in your writing, Google's going to rank you higher. So big no-no is writing content of any kind anywhere on blogs or on your on your uh, on pages on your website or no matter what it is, writing for a search engine, huge no-no. Right. Right Always for, right writing for people. for people. Right for people. Don't write for search engines. It's kind of a fine line you walk. You know, you got to discover what keywords are the opportunity, but you don't want to go and throw the keyword, that one specific keyword in there a thousand times in the in the article that you write or in the pages of your website. It sounds stupid and makes you look stupid. How about writing for a particular area? So if you're writing for the city that you're in, would that make sense? Oh, that's a great question. When you're writing a blog, okay, people that are in your area – are all automatically going to get the results or search results for your area. In other words, if they're looking for – if someone is in your city and they look up less – I'll go back to Les Mills, Les Mills group, Les Mills group classes, they're automatically going to get the search results for that local area within a certain radius. Right. So there's no reason for you to put content on your website that indicates what city you're in or anything like that, especially if you're a fitness club. You should not say – if you're looking for Les Mills group classes in uh, Bowankawa, you know, Texas, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make – it doesn't read right to a, to a person. They're, you're just saying if you're looking to take some Les Mills fitness classes uh, that will benefit this so-and-so and benefit you this way, this way, and this way, um, you want it to naturally read right for people. Right, because Google Google knows exactly where the searcher is looking, so you don't need to do the work for Google. Google does their job very, very, <laughs> very, very well. So it's just a matter of making sure that you're writing the content uh, for the searcher, because then Google looks at you as an authority and they send that information to the searcher on the search engine results page. So that's local to their area. Mm-hmm. That's local to the area. All that's right, right, perfect. Well, I think we covered everything in the first phase of the uh, methodology, the attraction phase. Um, next week, what we're going to get into is the converting uh, portion or the phase two of the uh, methodology. So we'll talk about that, how to convert these visitors and then move them through uh, through the process so that they become actual, actual members. So uh, I guess uh, you'll join us for that one uh, next week, Anthony. Yes, I will. At least complete the four phases and then see if we can get somebody else in here to talk. Probably getting tired of my voice. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Stephen. Right. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you next week. Bye.